Hey guys, welcome to the Fight Club Podcast. We exist to help men fight spiritual battles with spiritual weapons. Today I want to talk to you about fighting with the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. If you look back on history, over time, mankind has put an enormous amount of effort into developing weapons. If you go back to the beginning of time, we see the first murder, which is between two brothers, and Cain uh, killed his brother Abel. The Bible doesn't tell us what he used, uh, but it does tell us Cain was a farmer. He worked the ground, so he probably used some kind of farming tool. Could have just been a rock. Who knows? Uh, We also see in the Bible that David used the sling to kill Goliath. Uh, And during that time, there were swords and knives and bows and arrows. And then a good bit of time later, uh, guns came along and started to to develop and cannons. Cannons were used on ships and in in, uh, forts and castles and things like that. Then eventually, uh, mankind developed missiles and bombs and the nuclear bomb. Uh, and, and also over the, over the course of history, we, we came up with the, the great ideas of, of putting weapons on uh, ways to carry them around. So we, we see the development of the tanks. We see the development of planes and warplanes and uh, boats and tall ships and submarines and uh, destroyers and aircraft carriers. And today we see uh, drones and we have drone missile strikes now where man doesn't even require a pilot. Some guy's sitting, you know, thousands of miles away in, in, in his own little room like he's playing a video game, dropping missiles on the, his enemies. So it, it's easy to look back and see, you know, the that warfare has evolved greatly over the years. Well, it's a different story when it comes to the spiritual battle or the spiritual war. It seems like the more we try to evolve to fight spiritual battles, it seems like the worse off we get. If you go to the bookstore, we see sections, one of the largest sections in bookstores not too many people go to bookstores anymore because of the internet, but, but if you do find one and you go to a big one like Books A Million or, or uh, Barnes & Noble, you will see a, an enormous section called the self-help section. Books and books upon books of people who are giving you ways of how to improve yourself, of how to, to make yourself happy or healthy or wealthy all these things we come up with um, and and they don't seem to have a whole lot of weight. The Bible talks about the empty philosophy of man. Empty means there's nothing there. And, And if we look back on history, mankind seems to get smarter and more foolish as we go. So the more inventions we come up with, philosophy and academics and in psychology it seems like all we do is puff ourselves up with knowledge and we don't have any real answers to life Uh, philosophers sit around and make themselves sound uh, intelligent and, and enlightened 
and they really have no answers to life. It's like the, the, the realm of psychology, the field of psychology, there have been some good things come out of it, some good efforts, but it's often corrupted by the empty philosophies of man. Even religion, all the world religions, uh, you know, they, they often just create self-righteous legalism. They lead to fear. They lead to confusion. Um, if you go to those, the bookstore again, you see an enormous section on just religion. And, and if someone is looking for answers in life, they're going to be so confused. And, and I, it makes me think of Paul uh, when he's preaching in Acts and he, he comes across a statue to an unknown God. And so they were just trying to just come up with whatever they could to just make sure they were good to go. That, that, that they, if there was a God that they forgot about, that they would at least have made a statue to an ungo, unknown God. The foolishness of man on full display. Uh, medicine. Medicine has its place. There's, there's been some good things for medicine for sure. Uh, our lives are longer. Typically, we live longer now because of medicine. But often, we, medicine numbs us from dealing with pain. It, it numbs us from learning how to cope with life and life's disappointments and things that we are meant to, to, to deal with, suffering and, and uh, mourning. We're, we are meant to, to do that. It's part of the process. Uh, and so we try to evolve. We come up with all these schemes and grand ideas. And, and it seems like we often just create confusion and fear and make things worse. Uh, so if we go to Ephesians 6, we've been studying the armor of God. Ephesians six seventeen tells us to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So our sword, our weapon in spiritual battles and spiritual in the spiritual war the epic war of good versus evil is god's word the bible this weapon does not need to evolve we don't need to change it we don't need to alter it we don't need to try to improve upon it and anytime we do those things we weaken it um this is our weapon that God has provided for us to use, and it has been effective for generations. It does not need to evolve in any way. So if it was given to us as a weapon in warfare, we need to recognize the fact that it is not a tool for entertainment. The Bible was not meant to make people feel warm and fuzzy. It is a weapon for warfare. It needs to be unsheathed and it needs to be sharpened, not by the world's uh, desires and standards. It just needs to be sharpened by using it. Let me share a couple of verses with you. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, 
and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So God's word is not just ink on paper. It's not just words on a screen. This tells us it is a living organism. Why does he describe it that way? That means it is an active thing. It is, it, it is moving. It describes it as, as moving with purpose. That's a lot more than just reading a book, ink on paper, right? And it gives us this imagery of really of a surgeon's tool cutting through flesh to perform heart surgery. And so that's what it does. That's the purpose of our weapon is to perform heart surgery. Uh, not the physical heart, but the soul. And so what it does is when we use it, keyword being use, it sets us free from evil. It fights back evil in our lives. It is used as a weapon to fight the spiritual enemy, which is Satan and his lies and deceit and his army of uh, evil spirits. Let me read you another verse. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So it says it's profitable. That means that it's good for something. It's useful for something. It tells us later that it equips it is it meaning that it trains, it prepares us for good work, every good work. And in, in other words, it gets us ready to fight our spiritual battles. We see in the gospels that Jesus uses God's word in the new in the Old Testament constantly. He used it when he was uh, dealing with temptation in Matthew 4. Jesus went into the wilderness. Uh, for 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry. He was lonely. He wasn't just hungry. He was starving. He was lonely. He was tired. He was thirsty. And so he was vulnerable. And so that's often when Satan likes to attack. And so how did he survive the direct temptation, the direct attacks from Satan? He used God's word. He quoted it. And he fought off Satan with God's word. Um, he later on, he used it against the Pharisees, false teachers, when they would come to him and they wanted to get in debates. They wanted to trick him. They wanted to catch him in saying something wrong, but he didn't because he used God's word. He knew it in his heart. He knew how to use it. Um, he often, he also used it to teach his disciples to prepare his soldiers for battle. And those soldiers, those disciples later on, when we read the book of Acts, they preach God's word faithfully, boldly, and they transformed cities, cultures with God's word, his sword. In other words, they would go into cities, they would preach God's word, the gospel, and they would push back the darkness, they would push back the evil, and so we see idols being burned. We see prostitutes and slaves being set free. We see women 
treated with respect and dignity. We see the walls of racism being torn down. We see men stop drinking and fighting and being abusive. We see the poor and the hungry and the homeless taken care of. And we still see those things happening today. In the midst of all the evil that's going on, those things are happening today. How is that possible? It all comes back to the spiritual sword, God's word. Those are good things. Those are righteous actions, but they, they are rooted in the teaching of God's word and the using of God's word in individuals' lives. We have been given a powerful weapon, a timeless weapon that needs no evolving or improving upon. But here's the thing, guys. That weapon, even though it's been given to you, it does not work if it sits in its sheath collecting dust. Soldiers sharpened their sword before battle and they pulled their sword out when they went to battle. Knights, even in peacetime, they practiced with their sword all the time. And so using their sword, it became natural. It became second nature. Their swords, those the sword evolved over the years, but swords were heavy, but they became so used to carrying them because they used them all the time. And so the, the, this transfers to us in the fact that we have been given an incredible tool for battle, but we have to unsheath it. We have to pull God's sword out of the holster and we have to unleash God's word in our lives in our own minds and our own hearts. And when we do that and we begin to use God's word, we will experience the powerful destruction of evil in our own lives, in, our, in the lives of our family members, in the lives of our church, in the lives of our communities. And, and so this is a, an incredible tool that God has given us. And I wanna encourage you and plead with you Please begin to unsheath God's word and then unleash God's word into the world. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week.